Welcome back. Today on Welcome to the Table, we're going to continue a conversation that we started last episode with Carl and Brian around this idea of racial reconciliation. Let's jump back in. When this group originally started, there were no people of color in the group at all. Uh, it, they were part of the Truro Anglican Church. Uh, it, it was an outgrowth of an of a initiative their pastor started. Um, um, but everybody was white and it was still very powerful, but it pales in comparison to when you bring in that lived experience and people literally listening and not debating, listening and learning. And um, uh, I'll share what, or the, the most recent one um, because it's it, for those in Pulpit Rock, they'll recognize uh, Gwendolyn, the name Gwendolyn. Gwendolyn, uh, once she got connected to the group, she was so excited that she wanted to be part of every group. <laughs> and she just, uh, she was in her late 70s. Uh, she and her husband, uh, he graduated from medical school. He was a physician. Uh, she, I forgot what her degree was but she had been denied a degree in art when she went to college, she was a dual major. And her professor told her that Negroes, there would not, no Negro would get a degree in art as long as he was at that school. And so she was denied, she met all the course requirements, but she, the professor had to sign off and he said no. So she went 40 years uh, with that, those words emblazoned in her heart. She had other fish to fry, so she didn't dwell on that, but it was still a hurt that she lived with. And fast forward, recently she was awarded that degree. And the story was shared publicly and another woman who eventually, who is in our Friday group, heard about it. She didn't know Gwendolyn, her name is Allison. She didn't know Gwendolyn. And this is before she started the Friday group. But when she heard about it, she wrote a letter to her and entitled it, Her Lament for Gwendolyn. And sent it to her. And her intention was never to share it with anybody else. Gwendolyn thanked her and it was so meaningful and priceless. Well, fast forward this past Friday, Gwendolyn lost her husband to cancer after a long battle. And um, after a couple months of, you know, that immediate support that her church and community provided her, she was now ready to, to prepare for the holidays and spend time with her kids and her grandkids. So now she was in a position to go minister to them, to, to serve them. And so she had no intention of joining the Friday group, but she felt like the Lord told her to. So she did. 
And we got to a certain point in the discussion where we identified how God, while the church, the Christian church, or the, historically, was part of the problem, very complicit in many, many ways. But it's also true that God raised up, he always has a remnant. He raised up believers, white and black, to be part of the solution. And as we saw that thread being woven through the historical narrative, it occurred to me as I was facilitating that this ministry is a modern manifestation of the same thing. And then Gwendolyn talked about the lament that Allison had sent her. And I said, another manifestation of that. And I said, would you be willing to read it? And Allison quickly said, this is it's up to Gwendolyn. And Gwendolyn went into her emails, found it, pulled it up, and through tears read it to us. And it transformed everybody. It was the most, it was, an, it was the kind of event that happens fairly frequently where the Holy Spirit shows up and does something in a way that is so demonstrable and everybody knows God did it and he gets the glory, but he uses us, he uses human vessels. And we realized in that moment that God had orchestrated all of these things for our benefit that Friday. The, the woman who heard the story and wrote the lament and the recipient of those healing words and how it healed a wound 40 years in the making. And then the rest of us were touched. And then the very next day, the woman who actually, you know, the, invited the core group of people on that particular group, sent out this email, long email, capturing what she took away from that. And then everybody that was on it shared their own Here's what God did to me while I was listening. It was just so amazing. And so the, the spirit of God heals wounds and he knits hearts together and he creates this body of Christ that is enriched by the diversity of the group, but not defined by it. We're defined by Jesus, <laughs> right? So we love Jesus and all of what God created is brought to bear and we celebrate what we each contribute to the body of Christ. It's just, it, it literally, you know, you know, I've literally been sailing on that wave for the last week. Tomorrow is the next group and I can't wait. <laughs> It's our last group in that series. It's, the la it's lesson seven of American Lament. And we're going to talk about, um, we're going to listen to everybody talk about what God is leading them to do next. Carl, like I, you, you said, God did it. God did it. Like, I think um, that is the hope and the encouragement. Because sometimes I think these, it feels like it's too big. Um, it feels like, where, where do I start? What's my part in it? Um, it feels like um, the deck is stacked against us at times. 
Um, and just the reminder that like God is always in the business of reconciling. God is always in the business of justice and, and redeeming broken systems and redeeming like horrible trauma that people have kind of walked through. And so the, the idea that God is doing that work right now and that my small yes could be part of being in the middle of that, like is exciting. And it takes the weight off of, well, I don't, I don't know, you know, what I really could, could do. I, I don't know what, what my, what my place or space in that is, but just the belief that that is what, that is our father's work. And that is what he's doing right now in this moment. Um, and he invites us to, to start. And I love even the way you described it. It was like, I, I, so I, so I said, yes, I started to tell my story. And then I, I looked at who were the brothers, like who are the relationships and the people that were in my space. And I invited them into it. And then God took it from there and it, and it continued to kind of grow. I mean, tell me, like you guys have mentioned these groups and I know that there's several nights, like how many groups have you been part of Carl and, and what has God kind of been up to been doing? Like, how has this grown from that first yes and that first group to, to what it looks like today? Okay. This is so much fun. So the most exciting thing is pulpit rock. <laughs> and the reason pulpit rock is so exciting is because your senior pastor participated in the first group. That's so exciting. You know, um, let me share a little something from Jeremiah 5. Jeremiah 5 talks to that corruption that's set inside of Israel and Judea and, and Judah when they worship other gods. And there's three verses at the end of that chapter that are haunting. It says the, the prophets prophesy lies. The priests teach of their own authority. And my people like it that way. And not at Pulpit Rock. <laughs> at Pulpit Rock, you have this wonderful, hum humble man of God who exercised his responsibilities and chose to acknowledge what God was doing inside of one of his elders and then participated so that he could see for himself. And in the process, because his heart was open, he was transformed. And one of our folks uh, here in the DC area saw his testimony on, during one of your sermons and blew us away. That's, that's the remnant. That's what God can do through his people. So Pope Rock is especially important to me because it's the antithesis of Jeremiah 5. Uh, another very exciting story is a friend I met at the officer's basic course. 
excuse me. So the emotions here, because this is so big. And my life was so good. But most people of color, that's not the case. And they're hurting, they're wounded. And it's not something that happened way back when. It just keeps happening. And one of the things I've learned, part of the reasons it's happening is not because of individual decisions to ensure that it happens. Although that's certainly happening as well. But the primary reason is because we created an entire structure framework that was built on that. And so until you can deal with that structure, it's, it's built in. It's going to keep happening until that structure is, is adjusted properly. It doesn't mean throwing the baby out with the bathwater. It just means bringing the light of Christ to every part of what we do and allowing biblical values and principles of justice that pleases our God to be transformative. And what that does is it doesn't dismantle the greatest nation in the world, it elevates it to a whole new level, to a whole new level because what we don't understand is when, this, when we allow this, this um, When we allow the, when we dismiss whole segments of our population, we lose everything that they bring to the table that God intended for them to do. So if we had, if we harnessed all of that, we, we can't even imagine what that would look like. And instead we create a system where we spend resources limiting them keeping them down. Um, I'll give you the, an analogy that my mother, the most godly person I know, and who discipled me, excuse me. She was, I remember her telling me that the problem with abortion, there's many problems with it, but one problem with abortion is we don't know what we destroyed that God intended to be a blessing. We don't know. We could have killed Einstein, someone greater than Einstein, greater than Newton, greater than anybody we've ever seen. We don't know. In the same way, we do the same thing through racism. My brother is a great example. He graduated. He's an MD, PhD from Harvard and MIT. He is personally responsible for over, I've lost count, but over a dozen patents, world patents for regenerative medicine on cell reprogramming. 
that is literally changing what is possible for people who suffer from degenerative diseases. It would have been locked away in a jail in Massachusetts, never to have seen the light of day. But God, but God. But as I was listening to Jeremiah just before we met today, I, I listened to God's punishment for Israel. And the truth was he was gonna bring in a foreign nation of whose tongue they did not know. And they were going to be given license to tear Jerusalem apart and to destroy the sons and daughters of Jerusalem. And so many, many, many died because of corruption in Judah. God kept a remnant and he said he would. But because of our sin, they were lost. We don't want that. We don't want that. That does not have to be. So let me tell you about my buddy, Norm. So Norm met, we met at uh, the basic course in 1981 in Fort Sill, Oklahoma. And we met at a Christian coffee house called The Branch. And so it was all about being believers. That was what connected us and that's how we built our friendship. And we would go for years enjoying in and out of each other's lives. And uh, so he's one of the guys I called and um, Norm, when, when, we, when people ask why did he attend the first group, he, he was like Brian, he said, because Carl called. But he said something else too that really stuck with me when he said it. He said, I've known Carl for 40 years and I've never heard him sound like this. And I could tell that Carl was angry, but I also could tell that Carl was disappointed. And that's the part that really is so meaningful to me. Because what he picked up on was the fact that the body of Christ, the evangelical body of Christ that I was weaned in, grew up in, served in, fellowshiped in, somehow was missing in action. When George Floyd was murdered, the whole world was up in arms. I even saw, I like to tell people this, I was watching BBC one day and they had film footage of Syria, the part of Syria that was being bombed by the Russians and the Syrian government. And there was this bombed out building that had a part of a wall still standing and it had a tribute to George Floyd on it. But the evangelical church that I had spent my entire life in since I was 12 was conspicuously silent 
after having so much to say for so very long about so many things that don't matter and some things that do matter. But when it came to the very clear murder of somebody who did not need to die by a policeman or several who seem unaffected by a camera because we later found out he'd been in trouble so many times before and he'd always gotten slapped on the wrist. So he assumed that the same thing was gonna happen this time. But this was not a one-off. This happens way too frequently. And the evangelical church had no problem with it, or at least not enough to say something. I, I, I shouldn't say that as a blanket. I'm just saying that for most of the people that I looked for, that those vocal leaders that I'd known for decades, the only one that I could find, honestly, I did find one. And not surprisingly, it wasn't a guy, it was a woman. <laughs> you know, it's funny to see how God uses women. You know, they're the ones that showed up at the tomb. Um, but uh, I'm trying to think of her name. Fran, you might recall her name, but one woman. Wasn't it Beth Moore? Beth Moore, thank you. The most clear, simple, direct, unambiguous condemnation on Beth Moore's Twitter. The only one I really found. And, um, but I was thrilled to see it. And um, anyway, so back to Norm, back to Norm. So Norm saw that disappointment. So that's why Norm joined. Norm goes through the 12 weeks. Norm asks the Lord, what can I do? Norm has moved it to his family to Florida because there's a Christian school that has a program for autistic adults. And he has a son with autism. And so he moves his family to Florida to take care of his son. And he, lo and behold, he finds himself in a part of Florida that has a terrible lynching history. And so Norm says, I would like to start a group here in Florida. So he reaches out, invites people. And so we have the same time that we have Pulpit Rocks group starting, we've got Norm's group starting, I guess a couple of weeks ahead of time. And it's exciting to watch that all unfold. Well, Norm has then felt God taking him down the path of the Equal Justice Initiative, which has that uh, whole um, museum that is, designed to educate people on the massive lynching problem in America. It's a beautiful museum in Alabama. And so Norm is leading an effort in that part of Florida to help heal those wounds that were left by those lynchings and to um, give the community a chance to acknowledge and repent and move forward. And so it's exciting to see what, how God is opening doors left and right and with all the right people to get that thing off the ground. And uh, every time we get a report, it's, it's very exciting. So uh, I'll stop there. Carl, I, I just want to say like, I, like I, I, I trust that you see this, but like, I am so grateful for your yes to God and mm -hmm. like that, that small step and the invitation to say, God is doing something here and we have a part to play in it. Will you come be part of it with me? And to watch the ripple effect of that, like I've seen it in Brian, I've seen it in our church. Like I've seen people say yes to that 
and and as that one yes that you said in the invitation to join and that those folks stepping into what God has for them and the invitation to join like it, it is so beautiful and it is so like our God in the ways that he uses the things that you know yeah I'll do that I'll be part of that I'll share that story I'll share that story again I'll invite some more friends in I'll be honest about what's going on and I just I, like I'm encouraged by it I'm excited by it like it feels like this um you know it's it's different than just you know what are the right ways to think and feel about certain things how do I educate myself in kind of a cerebral sense of like broken systems and injustice but to move to say no God is at work reconciling and bringing justice and there are real people that I'm stepping into a relationship with to lock arms and to do the hard messy work of like listening to those stories and beholding like them and beholding God in in the midst of it all and so I just Thank you for your time and just for the, the things that you shared with us. Thank you for the ways that you've invited uh, Brian into it. I, I'm thankful for the legacy that you are already leaving in our church and some of the, the things that I have heard bubbling to the surface and the yeses that people have started to kind of step into in just these last two groups. Um, if people are listening to this today, it, it, if there's something that is stirred in them where they go, like, I, I would like to, to step into something. Like what, what are ways that they could do it? So the the original group continues to meet, we call it sort of the, the mothership. <laughs> you know, it's, it's, it's always there and anybody can always plug into it anytime they want. They actually developed a roadmap um, that was actually, it was the Wednesday night group and the Tuesday night group together collectively created the roadmap and it was this it was an inventory of people's talents and abilities and passions and what they felt like the Lord was calling them to and so there's there's like four lines of effort if you will there's uh there's the policy one there's um these groups is one you know replicating these and, and ensuring that they're you know we all help each other so every group has people from a prior group helping to, to, to get it off the ground. And it's a wonderful system as we all learn as we go. Um, education is a big issue, um, uh, particularly in, in inner city areas where, you know, because education is funded by tax dollars. So they're, they're, you know, they're chronically messed up. And so there's a real need for people who feel gifted in, in education to come in and make a difference. Um, uh, there's a horrible situation associated with uh, real estate. You know, the, the, the redlining that, um, that still persists to this day and covenants that still persist in this day are still on the books that actually limit Jews and people of African descent and others from living there. Still, still a big deal. There was just recently a PBS study done on Minneapolis and that was the principal tool that led to uh, the economic disempowerment of, of minorities. So um, there's so there's a there's a roadmap, but in addition to the roadmap, it's really what do you feel God is calling you to do? And in yeah, fact, yeah. I want to say Ken in the uh, first uh, pulpit rock group hmm. uh, responded to God in the area of education, I believe, right? Brian? Yeah, he was looking to be a mentor 
Uh, and actually, uh, in our second group, we have somebody who was uh, Leon Newman and his wife, Janet, were all, are already uh, mentoring uh, in a, uh, uh, at a school that is in not just African-Americans, but minorities there. And they really feel like God is leading them. And uh, yeah. Yeah, it's interesting. Uh, Leon said, hey, you know, for some reason, these kids just want to keep talking to me, you know, yeah. and it's like, and, and, and I think it's because Leon just listens to them. He, yeah. He's about, you know, hearing their stories and, and people want to be listened to, really. That's, that's a, a key po- a component of, I think, all of this is that, hey, people want to be able to share their stories and not be judged or, you know, dismissed. So. Awesome. Well, I truly am so grateful for you guys and for your time. And uh, we have another episode coming up and Brian, we're going to get to share um, some of those stories of folks who've participated in those classes and some of what God has stirred and done in them. And so I'm hopeful that we'll get to um, get to behold even more of that. And and there'll be some invitation there for people to join. Um, so we'll put some resources and links in the bio, but I just wanted to say thank you so much, guys, for your for your time, for your yes to God, um, for the ways that he, uh, I, I love that, I love that, that he, he changes us, uh, and then he, he cuts us in on the deal of what he's doing, and that we get to behold and be part of something so much bigger and better than the world we knew before, and so I, I see that has happened for both of you, and I, I like, it's just fun to watch and to see. Uh, what God is up to uh, and just the ways that you said yes and joined him in it. Actually, if I could, one last word from me. Um, Brian quoted one of my favorite Bible studies from the years gone by back in the nineties, I think it was by Blackaby. It it was uh, God is out there doing something. Go join him. (laughs) Something Mm -hmm. to that effect. Mm -hmm. Brian, do you remember the exact words? Yeah, it's, he says, um, God is at work in the world, and it's up to us to join him in what he's already doing. Not trying to figure out what we should be doing. It's just joining God in what he's already doing. <laughs>